Good afternoon, Plannerverse. Welcome to episode 42 plus 10. That's 62. <laughs> the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Plannerverse. I've already gotten my colleague Steve Morton laughing. How are you, Steve? Fine, but you got your maths wrong. 42, 42 plus, plus 10. 10 is 52, <laughs> isn't it? A 42 plus 20 of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Plannerverse is what I meant to say. Uh, thank you very much. I uh, appreciate being here. My name is Karina Tovmasian. My counterpart today, as always, is the illustrious Steve Morton. Hello, Steve. Hello. <laughs> we won't edit that bit out because that adds a bit of comedy to edit, it. All. We don't edit anything. This is this uh, is confusion. all this is all natural, miraculous uh, humor. <laughs> people pay money for this somewhere in in the third world. I don't know where, but other places they get it for free on iTunes. Um, so <laughs> you get what you pay for, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, here we are. Uh, we're doing part two of a two-part series that we started in episode 61 where we tried to convince you to stay in one planner forever and now and now we're going to try and convince you that all the rules <laughs> that what we said last time is absolutely correct um, except <laughs> unless there are some uh, ex exceptions to the rule, which we will address in this episode. So the exceptions to the rule is, is here's the following. Here, here's the premise of what we've decided to discuss with you today. And if you're sleeping, I hope that my voice lulls you to sleep slowly, because I know a lot of people have told me that they fall asleep to our podcast, and I love that. I, I think that's great. Um, so why I said to Steve, why not have an episode where we discuss staying in two planners forever? Because not everybody's built for one planner. And he turns to me and says, um, well, then why not have 75 planners, right? Because <laughs> it's Steve. And I said, well, that's a good point. So, so we're going to discuss today the idea of having multiple planners or staying in one planner. We're going to counter those issues yeah. today. So if you're going to st if you are going more than one, where'd you stop? Right. I mean, do you just say, okay, well, it's not one, it's two, and I'm done, or do you say it's not one and it's seventy-five and I'm never done? Right. Well, I mean, how seventy-five you... is a slight exaggeration, which I've told you a million times about. But there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and there we have it. The exaggeration captain has struck again. <laughs> <laughs> a million times. So, so the idea is this: when I first started on my planner journey, I had one planner, which turned into about thirty. No, I, I don't think I ever hit thirty. I think I got to twenty-eight. And the premise in my head was that I was going to create a planner for every section of my life, and. The rule that I adhered to, which I discovered cleverly by myself, is that you cannot have more than one calendar. Because if you do, <laughs> you're going to end up becoming a slave to them. You have to sync all your calendars then. So just have one calendar, and then instead of tabs, that was my, my idea, was that instead of tabs, I would just have a little planner for every section of my life. So one little planner for health. One little mm. planner full of menus, one little planner full of books that I've read and entertainment and movies and that sort of thing. And so if you just came into my my office and you'd see the bookshelf, then you would see a colorful array of Filofax planners that were all holding the little pieces of my life. And if I wanted to 
grab my health planner, I could grab that and go, and off I went. So if you that, can remember which one it was. Well, that's why they were color coded. So oh, the right. color the colors of the planners adhered to the color key code that I was using ah. to track items. I mean, if you're going to become obsessive compulsive about something, <laughs> then do it all the way. So in other words, if red meant work and I had a red planner, then everything in that planner was related to work. Fine. And that's, yeah, that's how my disorder works. I don't know how anybody else's does, but that, that was the premise. The issue came up for me when I realized that all of a sudden I have something that relates to health that also relates to exercise, for example, that also relates to work somehow. I don't know how. I'm just coming up with an example. But I realized that one of the major issues was that I had elements that were cross-referenced or that yeah, needed to be cross-referenced. crossing over the boundaries. Right. And so I had all these gray areas and I wasn't about to buy a gray planner to talk about the gray areas. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I realized ultimately that having one planner where you keep your calendar in it and you do your planning in is the way to go and then just have multiple tabs you don't have to have because I ended up having you know a planner with two pages in it to cover uh, I don't know say the movies that I had was interested mm. in who needs a planner with two pages in it that, no. that, yeah right so there's no sense in that so now I find myself in a in a position where I'm using my desk fax still I love it I still use a slimline planner as my wallet there's no calendar in there just silicone whatever those little sleeves you know what I'm talking about Steve those credit card flaps uh, and I am also using OmniFocus and the iCal as part of my planning mm. system I have a system now so that works for me I have steered away from having multiple planners I may have a journal for example that I write in that is not part of my planner that goes with me everywhere because I find that I don't need that with me everywhere I go. I tend to do journaling in a certain time and place and I don't feel the need to have to have that with me at all times. I know you're a little bit yeah. different with that, right? With your traveler's notebook. How does that relate to having multiple So in, in my case, effectively my... Originally I had one A5 with everything in it and I was also using an A6 or a personal with everything in it. So there was a massive duplication going on there. The, the A, the sort of A5 would always stay at home because it was too blooming bulky to carry around. Right. The personal right. Or A6 was reasonably compact, and I carried that one outside of the house. The trouble was, there was duplications of calendars straight away, and trying to keep two address lists in sync, and and so on and so on. And then, I sort of ditched the idea of using the smaller size completely and stuck to just A5, but I've split the A5 into two actual organizers now, so there's a larger ringed A5 and a smaller ringed A5, the smaller one being compact enough to be able to carry that around with me compared to the larger one which does sit still at home. Now the smaller one essentially only has um, my planner in it and also the monthly mm -hmm. um, calendar for blog posts which I don't really need when I'm outside the house admittedly 
but I actually do use it a lot when I'm at my desk. So that particular planner is the one that does stay open on the desk. But the larger A5 is at the end of my desk, but closed and literally filed like a book. So I can actually get to it if I need to. Open. It acts it's as a like reference, a reference book, uh, journal, right? Yeah. Now, I also use um, a, a bound journal or bound planner as a journal, but that's a completely separate thing to me. It, it sits that that's never been part of my sort of ring bound uh, thing. And I use traveler's notebooks and other sort of forms of notebooks, literally just for various projects in sort of in isolation, if you like. Now, I like sort of how I had thought about yeah, using my planners, except what I so tend you're using to them do as projects. Is, it's when I'm um, brainstorming ideas and if it's something that I'm doing over you know i've got something to do that that's gonna become like um a presentation or something like where i'm gonna go to a meeting or something in sort of two or three weeks time or two or three months time mm. concentrating all my thoughts and ideas into one notebook is a big help to me that the actual notes themselves may end up in quite a higgledy piggledy order but i've written them mm. down at the time i thought about them and then I can draw them out of there and put them into a, you know, an actual Word document or something like that, or into a presentation. Okay. But, um, so, my use of those is a little bit different from my normal day-to-day -day planner. And again, I don't necessarily always have those directly to hand. They're always around somewhere, um, and I can get to them quite quickly. But Where do you keep your tasks? On my, in my... A5 planner. The yeah. one that comes with you? On on the week okay. view um, diary that I use. So that's, again, all of, most of my, I say that, but in addition, routine tasks, i.e. ones that repeat either every day or every week or every month, I actually use um, an electronic reminder thing for those. Because it's just just as easy I'm, to set up. They could end up in paper. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. It's important to mention that... Okay, so we're not averse to using oh. technology here. Both Steve and I love technology. Um, we're both keen on things that make our lives easier. And having an analog system is in no way mm. indicative of trying to go back in time to try and capture the nostalgia mm. of what once was. Uh, the idea is that our brains are not made to work on digital devices and that we process information differently when mm. we write things down. There is a hand-eye coordination that happens, and that's probably why Steve prefers to take his notes down higgledy-piggledy, as he said, um, <laughs> on notepaper versus typing things out into a word processor. And, and, and one of the points that I'd like to make is that I love the fact that Steve uses uh, technology to do repetitive tasks. That's what technology is for. It's mm. a robot that reminds you what to do. I do the same with OmniFocus. I'm just getting into a little bit more sophisticated levels of project management with OmniFocus, and I'm finding that it's wonderful. Now, having said that, I still have in my desk facts all the routine things that mm. need to happen 
on a monthly, weekly, yeah. yearly basis, should the system ever decide to die? Or as Steve has cleverly found out this week, systems that decide they no longer want to function <laughs> or and the, they don't yeah, want to refund his money. The company decides that it's going <laughs> to shut up shop and go away. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Right. What do you do? What do yeah. you do when that happens or your phone yeah. gets lost or the system yeah. crashes? You have to have a backup and it's so much easier as the wonderful Grace Skur found to recreate a company from ground up, literally mm. from the ashes of the fire of Filofax, uh, to re to re- breathe fire uh, life back into it after fire and f- recover information. So that's probably one of the secondary reasons of using an analog system, but the primary being that our brains can mm. function and can process information on a deeper level and a more permanent basis than on a digital the, system. The other reason I like using sort of ordinary notebooks for jotting down ideas and what have you, um, yes, I could easily record those notes straight into a Word document or a presentation or whatever. But having just simple pen and paper in whatever format it takes it doesn't matter means that I'm away from the screen I can go and sit out in the garden or in the shade or I can go and sit on the sofa upstairs in the living room and I don't have the distractions of some form of notification popping up sort of distracts my train of thought that's and that to me is a yeah a big issue these days with so many demands on our time that's trying to say me 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 sort of look at me look, look at me type thing you know be it facebook twitter email or whatever um all these things just distract you from your train of thought and i i'm one of those people that i have to sort of sit down and concentrate on something it it seems harder these days mm. than it used to be and once i get an idea flowing i just want to get it written down before i forget the thing <laughs> and you found this out with me if if when we finally hook up on skype i've i've suddenly got about three or four things i must tell you about this before i forget <laughs> Oh, yeah. He interrupts me all the time, even on the show. People think that we just are enemies or something because we're constantly interrupting one another. No, it's just Steve is old and forgetful, and he's got to get these things out. <laughs> what do you do with your master task? Do you no, do you keep a master such. task list? Okay, because this issue came up the other day on on social media. And I just wanted to reach out to all the people that are like, well, how do I get all my thoughts together? I feel like I need to have multiple planners because I have multiple thoughts or whatever uh, we're dealing with at that moment. And here's here's the basis for me. If I were Steve, which I'm not, but if I were Steve and I had a system that needed me to split up my planner in two, which I wouldn't. And if I found myself on a podcast where I'm saying that I'm, my task lists are uh, spread out on a weekly format. What I would do is I would just keep a blank sheet of paper behind each Mm. week and write down the master task lists for that week or that month Mm. or that day. 
there is a lot of mystery around what is this master task list? What is this brain dump? That That's all it is. It's the ability, as Steve just said, to shut off all kinds of distractions and devices. And how many of you still have the default ping tones and all the tones that go off when a mail goes out, when email comes in, when uh, Facebook constantly tells me to turn on notifications, I keep telling them no, they keep telling me yes. I have never turned on notifications mm. for Facebook. I refuse to have my peace of quiet disturbed. And in being able to have that piece of paper behind the weeks, if you decide to do something like that, just be able to go out, as Steve said, and enjoy the process of having your brain th think about what it is that are uh, undone, loose ends, things that haven't been processed yet. There was that one task that you needed to do last week, but you only got it three quarters of the way done. You needed to go pick something up at the store, but you've forgotten for three weeks in a row. Uh, all of these things that are floating around in your mind can all get jotted down on one sheet of paper, and they don't have to be in any order. That's the wonderful thing. And I think Steve's system works for Steve. And that's why there's so many of us, and we all have to find the system that works for us. I have found that I love the way that my digital stuff pairs with my analog stuff. I, But I also appreciate the fact that I can, in any meeting that I've gone to in the last week where I have not been allowed to have technology mm. in the office with me, my planner comes with me and everybody's looking around like they've got nothing to write on. <laughs> I've had bosses come to me, look me square in the eye and say, do you have paper and pen? We need to write something down. <laughs> okay. So be that person that constantly has paper and pen with I them. I think my way of doing things would change if I was sort of in a more normal work situation, like a lot of, you know, our friends out there, are where they have a lot more appointments to attend each week and a yeah. lot more yeah. things going on in their lives you know and they've got kids to to deliver to one thing or another you know their lives just fill up with all of these appointments most probably um they still have a load of tasks to do but they have to sort of squeeze them in into the daily calendars as a sort of like there's a gap of two right. hours here and then they've got a list of things they're going to do in those two hours. Whereas in my situation, I don't have many appointments to deal with in any one week, really. And that's why I said it's important yeah, for everybody to, to come up with their system. own system. You yes. have to find what works yeah. for you. Yeah. Okay. So uh, three months ago, I was not doing the same things I'm no. doing today. And my system three months ago varies. And I know everybody's like, well, I just want to find a system that works mm. for me already. Right. Mm. But this is the part that I think a lot of people miss is that our lives are constantly mm. changing. The, the kind of life that you're leading today may not be the kind of life you will be leading in five months from now. And so in part of understanding this first class lifestyle or whatever we want to call it in terms of getting getting our potential to serve us instead of tr constantly trying to fight it and trying to get to a point where are we ever going to be productive? Are we ever going to be efficient? How about just allow for those changes to occur and be flexible with the system that you're using? One of the things that's never going to change is you're always going to yep. need a calendar. 
you're always going to need tasks laid out mm. somehow. You're always going to have to manage something, whether these tasks take the form of a notebook, for example, that you keep everything in, like mm. a bullet journal, something like that. Or suddenly, as Steve said, maybe you're managing children, you're managing husbands, you're managing all kinds of things that need to happen and all of that needs to fit into a daily calendar. Those are adjustments that can be made along the way. But don't get upset if five or six months down the line you said, well, I was in one planner and now all of a sudden I find I need to. Mm. Well, that's great. But now you know what works for you. And then maybe six months down the line from there, you'll go back yeah. to one planner. I, I would say that, you know, when we talk about how many planners you're using, that doesn't necessarily mean if you're using three planners, you've got three calendars. No, we talk you're splitting Correct. up your planner into three separate repositories maybe they may all contain different Correct. things but that's fine you know if the systems expanded in various different formats that's not a problem they don't all three don't have to be the same format as you know in my case i'm, I'm using sort of bound for one thing travelers notebooks books for something else um mm -hmm. organizers for something else and so on sort of thing it, it, you know the flexibility of the different systems essentially it's still pen and paper but they're sort of held together in a slightly different format and different sizes maybe as well you might find um, you want something that just slips into your pocket purely just to remind yourself if you're out and about and you, you're shopping or something like that and you want just want a simple little notebook or something in your pocket it could be a pocket organizer it could be a pocket um traveler's notebook they're more or less the same size yeah it yeah my friend pat dugan last week told me that she just wanted to have her calendar with her so that she can tell other people yeah. no so that she can look on yeah. her schedule and know the days that she can and yeah. cannot attend other events if you are having to duplicate your calendar in some shape or form don't automatically think that you need all of the detail that you keep in your main one in your satellite one for argument's sake i'll call it satellite one as a sort of separate thing so it could be that the satellite one might be just a monthly calendar or a yearly calendar so you effectively block out dates when you know you're busy for whatever reason and you've just got sufficient detail in that monthly or yearly calendar to remind yourself that no i can't go traveling on that day because i've got something on that day which means i've got to stay at home or i've got to be in the office or, or what whatever now that type of um, setup as long as it doesn't take too much maintenance would work quite happily i think to a certain extent a lot of us um, tend to have, if you like, duplicate calendars in paper and digital format, it, it, particularly if people in work where they've got to let their colleagues know where they are and what have you, and where you've got a, maybe other members of your family um, know where you are and what have you. I don't see right. that as too big an issue. What I do find a little bit problematic having done this myself and then realized that the big change um, last year almost a year ago now 
um, was going to what just one paper calendar, whatever size it is, mm. was the biggest bonus in terms of productivity for me and actually being able to focus um, on a day-to-day thing a lot better. I, I agree. I think this is one of the rare things that Steve and I agree with <laughs> is that you should really yeah. just have one paper calendar. Fine if you want to duplicate mm. things on digital and it's quite easy to duplicate things on digital. It doesn't take a lot of time. But think of it this way, for every calendar that you want to add to your system, that's another layer mm. of duplication that's going to require on your your part. And that means that you have now become a slave to yeah. the system instead of letting the system support you and the, and the actions that you want to take in your life. So the more you remove the calendars, the easier mm. your life will become in terms of being able to follow and... Also, taking David Allen's point of view in in how you have to have a system that your brain can trust, because that's probably why people don't put information in. Let's say how Steve had mentioned earlier the annual calendar of travel, yeah. right? Has anybody ever noticed those, those fold-outs that come out, the annual calendars, mm. the yearly calendars? They're very, very small squares mm. in them, aren't they? You can't no. write a whole heck of a lot. And really, all you can do is just have a space to yeah. highlight some dates in order. That's pretty much all it oh, is. I've done that already. So I've if got you look a at it from 2018 one, right? already printed out because it's, unlo- it's marked un- unusual up. for us. There's dates started to crop up in next year when Alison's going to be away and I'm going to be um, doing other stuff as well. And she started booking flights and things. Oh, better get them written in <laughs> somewhere. Right, and and even if she has the flight numbers and all that, they pro- the boxes in the yearly planner yeah. are so small that you can't yeah. write them down in there. All you can do is mark off the dates you're not going to, be, or the yeah, dates you're going to be traveling, good. basically. So if you look at it from that perspective of yearly has the smallest boxes mm. and it covers the biggest amount of space, the next level up from there is yeah. the monthly. Has slightly larger mm. boxes. Still, you could probably write a flight number in there maybe the airport, but that's about it. You couldn't fit more information than that. Then we move on to weekly when we're starting to get out even Mm. more information, right? As far as detail of what we can write down. Physically, there's more space to write in a weekly calendar. And then we look at the daily calendar, which has a lot of space Mm. for us to write in. So if we look at it from the brush stroke perspective of smallest brush stroke to largest, we're trying to add as much detail as possible as we focus on our day. So the yearly perspective is going to be mm. very general. And then it's kind of like a painting, yeah. right? We're looking at impressionist painting, for example. So the more detail we have, the more focused we get on our day. And I think that's what you ought to be focusing on when thinking about, well, which system do I want for myself? How much time are you willing to commit daily, um, or if it's once a day or twice a day or once a week, maybe you only want mm. to commit once a week to updating your calendar. And that's fine. But you have to be able to make that commitment regularly. Otherwise, your brain won't trust you to be the repository yeah. of this information. And it will continue to hold on to things and not allow you to sleep and keep you stressed <laughs> out and all the other stuff that we're very familiar with unless you find a system that works. That's why finding a system that works is so important. One thing that I'm sure we've mentioned before is for these long-term sort of over-the-horizon type events that might be beyond 
the sort of diary pages you've currently got in your planner to yeah. consider you if you've got a lot of details already and it's six or 18 months away and you don't want you know there's no point in suddenly carrying oh just because of this one day or one week in right. 18 months time there's no need to suddenly start carrying 18 months worth of calendar is there use Correct. or consider using undated pages to cut record all the detail of that one event or meeting or whatever it is and add right. it as a supplementary page at the back of your current calendar right outstanding that's a great tip and for Steve. travel ones consider using like a travel itinerary type page I'm sure I've got those on Filofaxi somewhere where you've got the details of each leg of the yes. journey type thing and a, like a notes page. And that's great if you're using a traveler's notebook also. For example, Teresa, I know mm. she uses she, uh, all the ticket stubs mm. and receipts and things that she's gotten in various locations to help build her mm. pages of travel and establish that as po for posterity to say that, oh, we've been here and we've traveled. And that's a lovely thing to do. Why not do two things at once? You're keeping track of where you've been, when you've been. And in doing so, you're also keeping track of mm. memorabilia. And they're not scattered throughout the home. They don't get lost. You kind of have them all in one place. So Steve has given us our tip for the week. <laughs> I've given us your tip for the week. Where can we find you, Steve? You can you, find Steve? me, as always, at filofaxi.com, travelersnotebooktimes.com, and on Instagram as Mr. Filofaxi. And you can find me on Instagram as Karina Tovmasyan, on Facebook as Planerology and Planerology.com. And now we have throat punch resumes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. After 11 years, we finally rebranded the resume company. We are throat punch resumes. We're on Facebook and online. And don't forget, folks, if you've enjoyed our ramblings for this last half hour or so, don't forget to like the podcast, share it, and subscribe to it. Thank you.